The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, this is Mike Rogers with another great Welsh Wire conversation. Now, here's Sherry Welsh. I've got a longtime friend and special guest I get to introduce to you. I'm so excited to introduce you to Joe Marietta. Joe is a director of mechanical engineering for Traeger. Joe, welcome to the Welsh Wire. Sherry, thank you so much for having me. We are so glad you're here. So if you're tuning in, you're saying, Traeger, really? Traeger is in West Michigan? Who knew? It's true. They are. And there's some really cool insights that Joe has to share with us about this great, innovative, market-leading company with a presence right in Kalamazoo, Michigan. To highlight some of the things that we're going to cover today, get ready because Joe's going to talk about how you take your company to the talent. He's going to share a little bit about how you can blend in hybrid and remote teams as it makes sense, right? All your work doesn't have to be done under one roof. And for those of us that are challenged with how to make remote, hybrid, distant teams work in different locations, Joe's got some good insight on that. And then also from an engineering standpoint, Joe is an R&D team. So he's got some excellent insight on how you keep creativity and innovation alive in an environment where all of your creative innovators, your engineering leaders, aren't necessarily under one roof. He's got some good things to share there. So, Joe, tell I know a little bit about your background, but the rest of the world does not. So, tell us a little bit about you and how you got your start. Give us, give us the story. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, so, I'm originally from Indiana, and so I attended uh, Rose Holman Institute of Technology. Got my uh, bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering uh, and moved to Kalamazoo to work at Stryker Instruments. So that was the initial, that's what brought me here. Uh, while I was at Stryker, uh, met my wife, who was a Western Michigan alum, and we got married and then eventually decided to move out to Utah, uh, where I'd had family and had visited uh, a number of times. So Went from Stryker, big med device, to uh, Medicine Lodge, which became IMDS, which was small med device consulting, uh, a lot of spinal implant work, uh, also did a little technical sales. And then while we were out there, we had our daughters. So we have uh, a twin uh, 14-year-old girls. Oh, so fun. Yeah, so much fun. Uh, So we had the girls and then it was like, well, it'd be nice if we were close to the family. So they knew their grandparents and their cousins. And so we moved back uh, in 12 uh, 2012. And, um, I ended up landing at Techna, which is a industrial design and engineering consulting company here in West Michigan. My wife moved back to landscape forms where she was employed before we left, which you're very familiar with. Yeah. Um, and so from Techna got, you know, now from med device consulting to doing a little med device, but now drifting into consumer product consulting. And then ultimately that had, there'd been a connection to Traeger there um, and a friend who had left uh, to go work for them in Salt Lake City 
And so he reached out um, and uh, asked me if I was interested in opening a remote office in Kalamazoo. And here you are. Here I am. And here we are. So fun. And your background is fantastic because you've got that solid engineering education from Rolls Hellman, which is such a great engineering school. And then you've been with several different organizations, which gives you some really great perspective to do creative and innovative work. I feel like it's hard to be innovative when you haven't seen a lot of different things, right? Because you can't bring new ideas and new concepts to what you're working on. Yeah. Yeah, and I did have a stop over at Toyota uh, when I was at college and co-op there, which was a great, so back to having different experience. So, you know, just a world-class manufacturer and understanding how you properly do things. And so that's always in the back of my head. Yeah, yeah, that is fantastic. Thanks for sharing your background. So from that, here we are today, and Joe is the Director of Mechanical Engineering right now in the role he has with Traeger, which like... Who doesn't know Traeger, like the coolest company out there, right? Uh, and especially for people who are listening who are part of the Traegerhood, they're like, yeah, like we're all in the family. We get it. But tell us a little bit about the history of Traeger for people that don't know and understand the company the way we do. Yeah. So founded in uh, like 1987, Joe Traeger uh, was selling, I think, uh, wood pellet furnaces in Oregon and um I think the story is he bought a gas grill and was cooking on his deck at the family home and the, the grease dripped down and caught on fire and the whole grill was kind of up in flames and he kicked it off the deck and uh, kind of cursed at it and decided, you know, I, I'm going to figure out something better. He knew what wood pellet furnaces looked like. So he came up with a wood pellet grill uh, and a closed loop control. And so he, I think the patent came around um, around that end of the 80s, early 90s time frame, and he was manufacturing those and just had cornered the market. First one invented that category. People loved it. Um, really a devoted customer base. They weren't selling a ton of units. It was primarily focused on the West Coast. Um, it worked out well for him, uh, for his company, because they were going from wood pellet furnaces, which are they sell in the wintertime, to then also wood pellet grills, which you would sell in the summertime. Um, and so from there, he grew that business to the point that he could when the patents expired, uh, a lot of competitors jumped into the market and he, he ended up selling that to a, uh, venture capitalist group, which a few years later sold it to another venture capitalist group, Trilantic, which is now, I think they're on the board. Uh, and then they brought in our current CEO or he was somehow involved with them. But, um, so Jeremy Andrus is our current CEO. He's from Skullcandy. Uh, he was involved with Skullcandy prior to that, which is a Park City company. Uh, Jeremy's from the Salt Lake area. And so he moved the company from um, Mount Angel, Oregon to Salt Lake City to where we are now. Okay. And that that's home for the majority of the team at headquarters. Correct. Yep. Right in Salt Lake City. Yep. Until... You opened a little satellite office in Kalamazoo, which we're about to get to. But, you know, you talk about Jeremy and some of the changes to the company, which are really, it's fascinating to hear the the whole story of how it evolved. And I love it too. You know, a guy in his backyard that gets ticked off at his grill yeah. and out of that is born a great new company, right? Which um, clearly innovation, I mean, that's how you were birthed, right? With a great new idea and it just continues to drive and fuel your success as an organization. But you mentioned Jeremy too. He's really been working to keep your brand at an elevated premium product level, like top of the line, 
and really pushes your product offering to be at that top level. So how does he do that? Tell us about how he does that. And I'm curious too, how that affects your culture at Traeger. Yeah. So it starts with Jeremy will say like, um, what drew him to Traeger was the net promoter score. Uh, and just it's, it's up like top tier of like, if, if customers have a Traeger, they love a Traeger. Right. And so the net promoter score is very, very high. And so he not necessarily a barbecue guy and he's looking at this and like, there's something here. And so that's what drew him into the company. Um, he's a smart business guy, understands, uh, marketing product offering stuff. And so, um, he jumped into the company, saw what he had, and then started to pull it forward into from, you know, literally napkin sketches to a Chinese factory and then just kind of accepting what they sent. Um, to then building out a product design team, which, well, that started with hiring a, a product, um, a head of product, which he came from KitchenAid, so Southwest Michigan, uh, right? And then they were working with Tecna um, because of this guy from KitchenAid, Michael Colston. Um, he said, if we're going to do our own products, we need people to do them. Uh, until we hire those people, we're going we're gonna to contract with someone who can. And I know this company in Southwest Michigan that can do the upfront design, can do the engineering, can get us into uh, a better product capabilities. So um, so that that started the Traeger Technic relationship. And so the, the current pro, what we call PIT, Pro Ironwood Timberline, uh, that launch happened in late to like 2008, 2000, uh, no, it's probably 2010. I'm trying to think now the dates are confusing to me. Um, you know, it's probably like, it's probably 2015. We launched that, those three grills, uh, a real step forward, really dictating to the factories. This is what we want, holding them to a higher, uh, quality standard. And that, that originated with Jeremy saying like, we're going to be a premium brand. Uh, what are the touch points look like? Uh, move them the grills uh, upstream, the the price points upstream, uh, rather than a race to the bottom. He wanted to race hey. right further up, raise those MSRPs and compete on quality, not on cost. Right, and and that you know, I'm sure that that was a bit of a culture shift for the current employees at Traeger too, who maybe didn't necessarily see themselves heading in that direction, but he did. So how yeah. how did your culture <laughs> shift and adjust to that? Yeah, that was an interesting time. It was an interesting time. Uh, so I know, you know, not a lot of employees came over with him when the move from Oregon to Salt Lake City, as you can understand, that's a big shift. Yeah. And yeah. so into a, you know, a small building in, in Southern or in uh, Southern uh, Salt Lake Valley and just gradually building that up and setting people's expectations. And then when I started, the company was at their headquarters in Sugar House, which was a nice building and it was their first real nice building. Right. And so that like your surroundings really dictate a lot. And so you walk into this they building do. and it's, it's got that startup feel, but it's um, a company a company that's maturing, but it's just, it was such a cool environment um, and like lots of food in the Abbey cafeteria, we call the Abbey and just cool meeting rooms. And a lot of money was spent on the decorations or appeared to be spent on the decoration. Right. And it's like, it was just a, it was a fun place to be at as a cool place to be. Um, and so that helped drive a lot. And then Jeremy just holding people, uh, to the standard and hiring people like Michael, uh, to say, nope, this is what we're going to do. Like they have experience with a premium brand and kitchen aid, right. And saying like, this is what we've done in the past. Like I know how to hold these, uh, these, these product standards to a high level. Um, right. 
You mentioned a few things there that it's, you know, I, I can see the, the shift happening. So, so one is when you make the decision to move from A to B, right? Not everybody comes along and that's okay, right? Yep. Not, not everybody can make the move with the car and you, you sort of accept that risk. That's all right. Then you're going to have to hire more people, but you hire the right kind of people. It sounds like, and you hold Absolutely. them accountable. You hold yep. them accountable to what they signed on to do. You honestly and transparently say, here's who we are today, but here's where we want to go. And make sure that they're well-equipped and prepared to be accountable to get you there. But the other thing that you did, and I don't want to really say fake it till you make it, but in a sense you did. I mean, you created an environment, a premium brand environment before you were 100% at that level. But you had people working in an environment that allowed them to see this is who we are. If you don't see yourself at Traeger, see Traeger as this, we're going to show you this is who we believe we are. And yeah. you lived in that environment every day. And all those things combined, I think, probably really helped you make that shift. Yeah. And you made a level. great point. You made a great point about the hires. And just, you know, before, um, you know, you hire Michael Colson, then he brings in, uh, a, a head of engineering, a head of industrial design, like that was the initial start of the in-house product team. And it's just, it's a handful of people, but like design is, is one of the first with engineering and, and, and uh, along with the, what we called category or product management now. And it's like, it was the three legs of the stool. And it's like, that was the team and they're, they're sitting together and they're collaborating constantly about what's the product offering. How do we do it? What does it look like? And then those that team is going to the factories and spending a lot of time with the factories and holding the factories to a high standard. Yeah. Um, and so just continuing to then as you hire, it's people that have the experience to do what you want. Um, there was a category manager that came from Bissell. There's uh, a chief operating officer that came out of Under Armour and Procter Gamble, you know, like kind of world class experience. Um, yeah. And, and in all facets of the business, uh, customer service, we brought an amazing uh, head of customer service and, and she has driven that so much. So it's like hiring these great people, bringing them in and letting them elevate the game. Right, right. And they're buying into the dream, right? Yeah. They know what they bring. They know their capabilities, but they're also buying into the dream of taking this company where Jeremy wants it to go. Yep. Super exciting. And it's a pretty interesting story too, of how Traeger came to have this little office. And I say little, I've been in it. I mean, it's not huge, plenty big to do the work that you need to do. And it's super cool. But again, for people that are like, really? Traeger's in Kalamazoo? Like, I had no idea. Tell us about that cool story of how it got established in Kalamazoo. Yeah. So coming out of COVID and needing to hire some folks and um, struggling a little bit to find the right people in Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City is growing a lot, uh, but they're they're getting a lot of tech influence from California. Silicon Slopes is something that gets uh, referenced a lot where it's like Adobe's there. Um, there's a few other big like uh, software-based like tech type companies. And then you have a lot of DOD, military, aerospace stuff. And so um, it was sometimes a struggle to bring in people uh, on, in, on the engineering front. And so... Dan Altritter, who's our VP of engineering, uh, I had worked with at Techna. He had been one of the guys to go out and uh, and help build up that product team. And so uh, he and I were friends and we would chat and he'd say, yeah, you know, um, you know, we're struggling to get people, you know, do you want to move back to Utah? And it's like, nah, you know, I did my time. I loved it there, but like my family's here, our life's here, whatever. I'm like, do you want to open a remote office? He's like, ah, we're not there yet. 
And then six months later, he's like, remember we were talking about remote office? I think we might be there. And so uh, we had a discussion and, and what happened was Jeremy trusted Dan um, and, you know, Michael was from Southwest Michigan. Dan's from Southwest Michigan. Uh, Matt Zach was our head of design also from Southwest Michigan. So like, it was an easy, like, we know this area where we were using a uh, contract group uh, for electrical engineering out of Grand Rapids. There's uh, prototyping around the KitchenAid Whirlpool uh, area that we would leverage for like sheet metal stuff. Um, and so like it was a known commodity and Dan said, Hey, I can hire four or five people on day one and I can stand up an office. And like, I personally vouch for these guys and it's going to be the right thing. And to Jeremy's credit, he trusted Dan and said, do it. Um, and it's, I mean, it was a big swing. And so we were subletting space at a spot that Dan knew of with Argenta Park, which is a company that Trigger had done some work with on a controller on their newest grill. And so it was just, we're subletting space. Um, I think five of us kind of started on day one and computers shipped to us. We're meeting, in some cases, meeting for the first time because Dan had kind of handpicked some folks. Um, and we were all a little like, it sounds fun and exciting. I hope it works out. Let's see what happens. Yeah. 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 Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's really such a cool story. And this is, I mean, as I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, this is taking the, taking the company to where the talent was. Yeah. You talk about, I mean, you were having to compete. I say you at Traeger. Traeger was having to compete for engineering talent, but it sounds like that engineering talent that you were trying to get out there was a little more focused toward electrical engineering, computer engineering, high text. I mean, your space here, you're the head of mechanical engineering. We're talking yeah. design. These are BSMEs, right? Yes. Um, that's primarily what you're employing in the office here. And, and make no mistake, Michigan employs more mechanical engineers than any other state in the country. So it was a it was a risk, but albeit a very calculated risk. One, because you knew the depth of engineering talent in the state of Michigan. You also knew the depth of engineering talent and associated suppliers and you know contract support for your work in Southwest Michigan. So calculated, but you know, pretty easily calculated. Didn't take long to do that calculation, I guess is what I'm saying, Joe. Yeah, no, it did not. Yeah, that was what Dan says is I I need people that know how to design durable goods, right? And it's like yeah. about the Midwest, like office furniture here, automotive industry, obviously, right? Uh, that device with striker yep. and the Warsaw. Like it's a lot of people that are used to working with metal and making things. Yep. Uh, and so yeah, like you said, we're not competing with big money uh that comes from DOD or aerospace or or tech, uh, which is still something like electrical, we do need electrical engineers. And so it's still, you know, a struggle to hire those. And I think that's potentially something we'll be able to hire into the Michigan office as well in the future as we grow. But yeah, right. it, it's much easier, right? Cheaper cost of living, more people who do those sorts of things. And so, yeah, it's worked out really well. Right, right. And so you, you made that shift and now talk about the space that you're in right now, because at for those listening, I've I've seen it. It's amazing and it's super cool. So tell us a little bit about that. So yeah, we're at the Jericho Complex in Kalamazoo. It's a it's an old brass foundry. Uh, it's a it's a little over a hundred years old. The two main buildings. Uh, so they used to cast trolley wheels. So cast and then lathe trolley wheels for for trolleys. 
Um, and yeah, it's, it's a location you'd never expect it to pop yeah. up at. And for those that know Kalamazoo, it's located in the Edison neighborhood, one of the yep. oldest neighborhoods in Kalamazoo. And in, in this industrial site, which was done well pre-city zoning ordinances, okay, when you could literally put up factories and build neighborhoods around them, because that's how it was back in the day, right? You drive through a neighborhood, right? And at the end of the street, there pops up the building in your location. I mean, it's really, in today's well-thought-out industrial complexes, this would never happen, right? It yeah, just would never happen, but it, it's uber cool. Yeah, and it's such a cool, right? The buildings have a lot of character. They're the old brick. They sure do. Timber frame inside. And so it was a records retention space um, through the 80s and early 90s and then was defunct. And so when the owners bought it, it was just rooms full of, boxes of papers. And so the, the roof was leaking in various spots. And so they cleaned all that stuff out, fixed the roof and they slowly started replacing, repairing the building. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's cool. I mean, it just exudes innovation. I mean, right out to your little rooftop area where you, yep. you do your testing out there and real weather, you know, and inclement weather, like real conditions and yeah. Space, if I can share right now, Joe's sitting right now in space at a former freight elevator that they turned into this cool little conferencing nook area. It's just really, really outstanding. And what a great space to do yeah. innovation in and, and do creative work. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So the old elevator was out of, out of, uh, out of certification. They couldn't recertify it. So they bolted it into place. We turned it into a nice little nook. Uh, we have a kitchenette, uh, personal bathroom, and then uh, some office space. And yeah, you alluded to one of the things I said, hey, this is great. We need we need testing space. Can we put a, a patio on the roof here? And so we worked through that with Jeb and uh, we just got that up and, and finalized the summer. And so it gives us private secure testing space so we can have prototypes out there, test them at will. Um, we don't have to worry about anybody seeing them. Uh, you'd have to get real ambitious to get up there and try and, and steal something. Um, but it allows us, yeah, because fundamentally we're a cooking company. Um, the products used outside, we need to be using it. So it's, they're, they're covered in snow right now. As you know, we got some snow. Today, oh yeah. So. There's not too much in terms of weather conditions with the state of Michigan that you can't mimic yeah. in your space there, right? Like pretty much any kind of weather across the U S Michigan's got it. You can mimic it out there and do your testing. It's really, really awesome. So I got to believe that your environment just really adds to the innovation and yep. the creative process, right? And we were instructed, uh, you know, when we started, we all flew to, to Utah and, uh, and and spent a week there meeting the team and like understanding the culture with the directive now, take this back to Kalamazoo. Like when we come visit the office of Kalamazoo, it should feel like an extension of the headquarters in Salt Lake City. And so, which is great. It's essentially a blank check to like, uh, decorate it how you want, have the things that you think are cool. And so you've seen, right, just it's, it's pop culture art. It's, uh, we had, we commissioned a, a photo or a, a painting by um, a graphic designer uh, and hung up on the wall and then make stickers of that and share that with the team. Uh, Mike Clock, who, who works for Stuff Brain is on site at Jericho. Graphic designer does a lot of stuff for OneWell. He designed our logo. So I'm wearing a sweatshirt with our logo. We've got hats. We've got t-shirts. When you come visit Salt, uh, come visit Kalamazoo from Salt Lake, you get the merit badges, you get a sticker and you get a t-shirt 
It's like, you've been here. And so then you can take it back. You were in the office and people are like, oh, where'd you get that shirt? Oh, that came from the Kalamazoo office. I'm like, well, I want one. Well, you got to go visit. Got to come see us. That's yeah, right. Exactly. That's so cool. Well, and you know, a lot of companies today would not say they've had the kind of success with their teams working in different locations or even maybe part of their team working hybrid or remote away from the rest of the team. This is a challenge for a lot of companies. And especially when you start to talk about doing innovation, R&D, creative, forward-thinking, envelope-pushing design work, right? Usually it's done best with people under one roof, but you've made it work successfully at Traeger Joe with your people in different locations. So what's the what's the key to that success, do you think? I think it, for us, it's been a lot of touch points. And so you're right, in-person, always better. Uh, we don't have that option all the time. So right. what we do, and when we do, right, that was initially we're out there with the team and getting to know and spending time, you know, breaking bread with people, doing activities with people. That first week, you know, a lot of uh, dinners out with folks, uh, go to the, the breweries. We did uh, axe throwing as a whole team, which was a lot of fun. It's so fun. And that, that really helps create, you know, that fostering that team atmosphere. And then you go back and then you start having regular teams meetings. We do a lot of teams meetings, videos usually on. Um, and you know, I'm talking about two to three to even four times a week for, for different projects where we're having those touch points. And then people are chatting back and forth separately about, I have a question and let's jump on. And so really just treating teams as a tool to see somebody face to face and collaborate. And right. it's, not, it's not, it's not as good as being a person, but it's the best thing we have. And it's amazing now, right? You can have a video call. You just, Hey, you got, got a minute to chat. Uh, and, and you shoot it over and, and, you know, just like now we're on, we're on, I can see your face. We can chat. Um, and then bringing that team to Michigan, right? It doesn't right. always, and you, cause always you travel good. back and forth quite a bit. Absolutely. And that, you know, that is also a big key to it for sure. I'm sure you have had a challenge or two along the way. It, it, there had to have been at least one hiccup. Can you share what, what you may have faced in terms of a challenge and how you overcame that to keep your culture and your innovative work cohesive? Yeah. Yeah. The initial concern from the team in Salt Lake, uh, you know, we hired uh, you know four or five folks in Michigan. It's like, well, are we just moving all the jobs to Michigan? Like what's going on? Oh, and so wow. There was a yeah. concern with like, and almost, I don't know if I would say competition, but it's just like, well, what's happening. And a lot of the, the, the people that we were able to find in Michigan had, you know, eight, 10, 12 years experience doing product development. And we had a relatively young team in, uh, in Salt Lake. And so they were feeling a little, I don't know about this. And so until we were able to just like spend time with them face to face and hang out with them and like, you know, we're so excited to work with you. And then also from a leadership standpoint, expressing like, this is not a replacement. This is an, in addition to, we have so much work. We need the extra team. This will take some uh, work off of your plates. So make your work-life balance a little bit better. And so, uh, but once they got to know us, everything smoothed out. I will say we also might've shown up with a lot of swag from Bell's from uh, the Growlers, K-Wing stuff, Western Michigan stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't love, you know, free t-shirts and and hats and whatever. Totally. So. Totally. Yeah. We we got some cool brands here. We're glad to yep. share it. That, that yeah. is great. Well, you know, and I, I bet as time goes on, it's possible that new people coming into Kalamazoo could feel the opposite way. Like, 
gee, is at some point, are they going to make us all move to Utah? But you've established separate yet you and unique yet unified identities under the work that you do for a great brand. And it, and it just works so magically. It's, I really just think it's a case study and how to do it right. And there's so much to learn from the little things that you've done along the way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And my, my team early on, we would talk about that. It's like, we control what we can control. And so all we can do is like, be sure that we are always providing value, right? Like what, when headquarters sees the value we're providing, then they'd say, oh, we'd be, it'd be foolish for us to, to get rid of that team, right? And so it's like, always provide the value. Um, and so now we're, we're looking to grow. Um, our new head of product came from Sonos. He actually lives in the Massachusetts area. He's accustomed to a lot of engineering centers all over with Sonos. He's not intending to move. Uh, we've got a VP that's in New Hampshire. She's not intending to move. Like, like it's getting a little more like common where we've got people that are away and, and we're making it work. So, um, yeah, you are, always, we always use it as motivational. Let's, let's, let's never give them an excuse to shut this office down, but we worry, we don't worry. We don't worry about it now. We're getting the investment. So no, I mean, it just really become part of your DNA that this is yeah. how you do it. And you've been doing it so many years, so wildly successfully, really well, pre pandemic before anybody else ever really did it this way. Um, it's it's a great case study for others to learn from. And that's why I appreciate you so much sharing your story with our listeners today. And Joe, I'm wondering, like, if anyone would like to get in touch with you as follow-up to, you know, lean in more to something that you shared or ask a few additional questions, what's the best way that they could get in touch with you? Yeah, they could reach out to me. My Traeger email, it's jmarietta at traeger.com. Traeger is T-R-A-E-G-E-R. Great. And we'll put that in the notes too, for anyone Great. who's listening, but um, yeah, we sure do appreciate your time today and sharing with us. Again, we've been talking with Joe Marietta. He's the director of mechanical engineering for Traeger right in Kalamazoo, Michigan, doing some fantastic development work and the next generation of Traeger products, which are so wonderful. If you haven't seen them, you need to go out and try them. Go visit what? It's Home Depot, right? Most Home, Home Depot, Depot and Ace, yeah, are the two yeah. uh, local resellers. So yeah, and it's it's cool to be able to walk into a retailer, right? I've developed plenty of products over the years, but you know, you're not seeing your striker stuff that's getting developed unless you're at the hospital. And uh, you don't and a lot of stuff at Techna was like proprietary private or wouldn't come out for years or whatever. So it's nice to be able to walk in now and be like, oh yeah, we worked on this or I'm very familiar with this. So it is so great. And it's a great product. Joe, thank you again for being our guest today on the Welsh Wire. Real to have you here. Sherry, thank you so much. This was a blast. Thank you for listening to the Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.